knowing that God is about his business and I don't have to bend him into my world. I want to be stretched into his world. That's exactly what I do. And I, I think that's the calling in every situation. When I was CEO of the West Cancer Clinic, when I was a lobbyist in Washington, when I'm on doing Mission Field USA, when I was CEO of Life Choices, it's the same. It's not that I'm going to be focused. Those were just the side items of the reality of when are you going to break in today, God, and do your get all the glory. Sometimes those days aren't boring. Sometimes they're exciting. But each day, you know you're in his will. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. So glad to have you stop by, friend. My dear friend, Steve Copeland from MissionFieldUSA.com has stopped by. Steve, we told our listeners the last time you're going to be in the studio with me. We want to talk about the most recent excursion that a team of men just completed in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we share other past stories, too. God's blessing, God's faithfulness of people being reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is so important in the day and time we are to be ready to give an account for the hope that we have, right? Amen. This is uh, the gospel message is always relevant and always urgent. And there are multitudes, multitudes in the Valley of Decision ready to hear the good news of the gospel. I can't help but think, Steve, there might be some who feel stagnant in their faith. And maybe they're in this routine like of a revolving door of doing church and maybe a, a quiet time and doing their job and taking care of things. And there's just this routine. They kind of feel like they're stuck. You know, they're maybe in a ditch. Sometimes you need a, a spiritual booster shot. And sometimes you go a long time by being dry and thirsty in your soul. You know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about? Yes. And, and you need something that's going to kind of refocus our purpose as believers and what we're here on earth to do. Well, I tell you that many of the men who've gone on this trip, uh, these trips, and actually not just one trip, but we've done 15 of these, have been transformed by the experience because the whole principle of the Dead Sea versus the Sea of Galilee, Dead Sea only taking in, taking in, taking in, and basically being lifeless, but the Sea of Galilee both receives from Mount Hermon and from the streams up north and the springs up north, but also gives out, and it is teeming with life, and that's really what the Christian life's supposed to be. It's actually supposed to be almost all giving and very little receiving. We've received everything when we were placed in Christ. Let's start giving it out. <laughs> Amen. Well, I want to take you back to 1982 in a period of your life when you stumbled across a couple of cassette tapes. Now, does anybody remember what a cassette tape is? <laughs> well, there's a little piece of plastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I tell you what, I always got frustrated with those cassette tapes, especially when it got pulled out. You were trying to yeah. wind it back into its casing. Yes. But I think most of our listeners will recognize a cassette tape. But there was two cassette messages on prayer that completely changed your life forever. Yes. That was back in 82, Steve. That must have been powerful messages. Yeah. Well, I was a brand new believer. My experience of coming to the Lord was seven months of conviction of sin and revelation of the times in which we live, understanding of numerous things that the Lord was showing me, even as a lost person. Then I came to Christ, and I knew the Christian life isn't some routine thing. It's a living, dynamic, organic relationship, co-laboring as a father and a son in the eternal realities of what God is doing, building his church, reaching the world, restoring Zion, and all these things. They were so clear to me from the beginning. And these messages, one by Lance Lambert, a series, and another by Johannes Fascius, immediately opened the door about what prayer really is. It's not about me praying for what I want. It's about understanding the burdens on God's heart and uniting myself 
in genuine intercession, preferably not just by myself, but corporately in seeing those things come to pass in time and space on the earth. Sometimes we need those wake-up calls in our life to get us back on track, get the focus on the priority of what we as believers are to do while we're here. It's not about us. It's all about His kingdom and our surrender, if you will, to that purpose. Yeah, you know, it was interesting on this trip, George Verber graduated to be with the Lord, and you knew George, I knew George, we stayed in touch for many years, then Charles Stanley went to be with the Lord, and while I was out there, I was at a memorial service for Steve Lytle, most Christians don't know who he is, but one of the most influential people in our lifetime concerning understanding what the Lord is after, and seeing it fulfilled, particularly concerning the return of the Jews from the former Soviet Union, so I was able to go to his memorial service. The children of God are supposed to be about our Father's business. We can't make God's business and turn it into what we want. We we were born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, through the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit. We can know the mind of God specifically, not just ethereally, and then execute it. And that's what we're supposed to do. And part of that execution is to proclaim the good news of the gospel. But that's only one thing, but yeah. it's one of many. Yes, yeah, Steve. And when you mentioned the people of Israel, and I know you have a heart, you being Jewish yourself, having come to know your Yeshua, the Messiah, is your Savior. And you grew up in that faith, but somewhat. I was talking to a friend. I think you know Susan Hagee, the Abundant Hope International. She lives in Israel for the past 19 years. She ministers to Holocaust survivors, went there to do that that many years ago. And from time to time, she's in town, and we do a show right here on Mid-South Viewpoint together. Great. She was just on the program last week. And one of the things she was talking about was when she first went, she sensed that God told her, don't say anything about me. I just want you to love them and give them hugs and provide for them. And she said she kind of questioned, but she said, Lord, I'm going to obey and do that. And she said, Byron, over time, and most recently, I'm hearing stories of the precious Holocaust survivors. Some of them are as old as 105 years old that have come to faith in Yeshua. And it's unusual. She'll go to visit them and they'll go, oh yeah, you know, the Yeshua you've been telling me about or I heard about, I believe he's in my heart now. And then one person said, he's in my heart and I'm telling those in my apartment complex, I'm having Bible studies. And these, these are people who are over 95 years old who have had an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ, the same Holy Spirit that lives in you and me lives in them, and they are energized because they see who Christ is, the Messiah, and they're presenting him, you know, as Lord and Savior. Well, Jesus said salvation is of the Jews. Uh, My friend Steve Lytle used to say, if you're a believer in Christ, a Jew lives in you. That Jewish man's name is Jesus, and he's seated at the right hand of the majesty on high, and by his spirit, he lives in us. And now God is restoring Zion and the restoration of the Jewish people and their salvation is the capstone of the tremendous work that's leading ultimately to the city of God. What a joy to know this of the most religious who are secret believers right now but they're soon going to come forth and declare this one Jesus is the Messiah. And the the Lord's ready to do so much that's just going to astound everybody when it all comes to pass. One of the things you've written about recently is true spiritual ministry. What you've said, a ministry that binds and looses, builds the church, sets the captives free, and, and really so much more. And you quoted Watchman Nee of China, without this ministry of the church, it is of little use on the earth. In many cases, you and I have talked about this in the past, how the church has lost its focus of what true spiritual ministry is. 
Well, yeah, spiritual ministry is Christ. As Major Thomas said, sitting in WCRV nearly 30 years ago, said there's nothing more boring than religion, nothing more exciting than Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the one who's building his church. The church is not some man-made organization with a 501c3. And I know people say, well, I know that, but I have to have somewhere to go. Well, why do you have to have somewhere to go? You're joined together with Christ, and all of us who are joined to Christ are literally joined to Christ in spirit. We're of one spirit. The ministry of the church is to lift up the head and let him get all the glory. We see throughout church history, legitimate times when that happened, but we see a lot of times when things become monuments and attributes to men and great ministries or so forth, but they push aside the preeminence of Christ, and then he only becomes prominent. And when he's prominent, there's a lot of boring and dullness. He longs to be the one who fills all and in all. Each of us, as Major Thomas also said, healthy members of the body hear his voice and do what that healthy member is told by the living and true God. There is no routine Christian life. Every morning is exciting. You leap out of bed with joy, knowing, I mean, knowing that God is about his business. And I don't have to bend him into my world. I want to be stretched into his world. That's exactly what I do. And I, I think that's the calling in every situation. When I was CEO of the West Cancer Clinic, when I was a lobbyist in Washington, when I'm on doing Mission Field USA, when I was CEO of Life Choices, It's the same. It's not that I'm going to be focused. Those were just the side items of the reality of when are you going to break in today, God, and do your, get all the glory. Sometimes those days aren't boring. Sometimes they're exciting. But each day, you know you're in his will. Pacific Northwest, you just returned from a Another evangelistic excursion this past Saturday or Sunday you returned, is that right? Sunday, yeah. Sunday you returned. You were there for how many days? We were there about 10 days. This time, I believe you, your team flew, what, to Seattle? Where'd you yeah. go? We flew into Seattle. And we got a 15-passenger van and spent the time in Portland, Oregon, and Bend, Oregon, Eugene, Oregon, Corvallis, other smaller communities. And uh, then we went up to Seattle in the greater Seattle area. We also went to Yakima. That was an unplanned event, but we felt because of the weather, it was pouring everywhere else, and that would be a good side trip to do, and it was just a wonderful time. I know that area, Steve, is the weather can be kind of tricky at times, especially with a lot of rain. I know that was one of the prayer requests, so how were things weather-wise? Well, uh, virtually everywhere we went, except for Yakima and Bend, Oregon, had rain or snow, but we worked our way around it. It reminded me a lot of being in London, where you can have a sun, then it rains, then the sun comes back out, then it snows, and then it come, <laughs> the sun comes back out. So you, we just adjusted. We figure out ways to do indoor evangelism when things are raining, whether it's a parking garage or a, an airport parking lot, a ball game or something. So we figure ways to work around it. One of the things also you pray for and desire is boldness. Yeah. What, what's your definition of boldness when you're going on these excursions? Well, I think most people by nature fear stepping out in things, and I, I'm no different than anybody else in that regard. So the boldness is to approach people. The boldness is to get to the point. The boldness is to open a conversation. Let's say you're sitting in a restaurant, but not just to have a nice conversation, to ultimately lead to sharing the gospel with someone. So that boldness, we also pray, Lord, make us visible when we need to be visible and invisible when we need to be invisible. The guys are always astonished at the policeman who walks right past us and doesn't see us. 
doing something. We're not doing anything illegal, but they could perhaps tell us not to do it uh, just because sometimes that happens or the security person. But God is right there in the minute ways. And then he brings forth people who are ready to receive Christ or to really at least be open to hearing the message. So all these things are just wonderful to see. So give me an example. You're on the street. You walk up to a man or somebody passes you. How do you initiate that conversation? What's the first step? One example I'll use for myself, though I think the the other guys do it so much better because I'm often coordinating, but they, we were out and I got out and was just putting some tracks on door handles of cars. But as I passed, I noticed a, a young man and I said, Lord, I'm going to go up to the end and come back and hopefully he'll still be there. And he was. He was a young man who was actually homeless. He was from Rutland, Vermont, which is where my mother was born <laughs> back in 1934. This is a typical conversation. Something common immediately takes up. And I was able to share the gospel with him. He was very appreciative. He did not immediately say he would pray to receive Christ, but he said, you know what? I've learned that the only people nice to me are people like you who come out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with us. And wow. then there was someone else with him who also had a similar story. So that's great. In that vein of boldness, as you just mentioned, that's kind of a divine appointment, isn't it? Yeah, uh, that's really, we get a lot of those. In fact, I had the guys there sending them to me. I think each one had dozens of clear divine appointments. The first divine appointment happened was not a, a true gospel appointment. We got there, went into a restaurant, and I said to the guys who wanted to wait outside, I think I'll wait inside a few minutes in case they call our table. And as I was there, somebody walks in. And she looks at me and her husband looks at me and says, Steve, what are you doing here? <laughs> they were from Memphis. She used to work for me years ago in another job setting, and uh, they were visiting a family member. I didn't know they had family members, but those kind of affirmations happen all the time on these trips. It's quite extraordinary. Yeah, I, I think sometimes we maybe doubt God or in a sense of, you know, realizing that he does have a call on someone's life to hear the gospel. Yeah. And sometimes it's just connecting the dots, and you could be part of that connection to, right. to see someone put their faith in Christ. Amen. Yeah, his, he's the one weaving everything together, and we're so grateful for his, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit. So boldness, divine appointments, and open door, which you've shared that, and also dislodging the powers of darkness. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against those principalities, those spiritual wickedness and the dark places that are against God's kingdom and his people. There is a legitimate force of darkness that is working. We know that greater is he that is in us, though, than, than he is in the world. So we have the power through the Holy Spirit. We are more than conquerors through Christ. We can step into that by faith and humbly trust him to be our protector. Yeah, earlier when you asked about those messages, when I was coming to Christ, I the Lord showed me the extent of spiritual warfare in enormous ways that I never could have imagined or never would have thought of. This is as a lost person. Then shortly after I was saved, the Lord gave a vision or two here and there. There are lots of people out there who say, I bind this in Jesus' name. They're all over the radio and television and all sorts of stuff. But I've traveled with those who actually do it and have experienced it. People like Lance, people like Johannes, people I mentioned. 
I believe perhaps the greatest need in the hour of the church right now, we need, we need the love of Christ, the holiness and purity of Christ, but we need, the Apostle John said to, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven. I write to you young men because the word of God abides strongly in you and you've overcome the wicked one. I think very few believers I know know how to truly overcome the wicked one. They may do it in their own personal life. But I'm talking about over communities, dislodging the principalities and powers that have settled on every community in America. I've done extensive study and waited on the Lord before him for supernatural understanding of the present situation. The Lord needs some people who will give themselves to this ministry at this hour, or as Watchman Nee said, that otherwise the church is of little use on the earth. Steve, we've talked about the various places that Mission Field USA has traveled since God put this vision in your heart. These team of men have traveled to various cities all across our country. Have you sensed in some of the cities more or less of the power of darkness in those cities than you have in others? Yeah, first of all, in praying where to go, the Lord seems to speak specific directions and clarity, but there are definitely different I don't know how you describe it other than different cultures that are a reflection of the powers of darkness. When we were in Asheville, North Carolina, we encountered demonized people, actually demonized, people who were transgender. We encountered people who were Antifa. And uh, in other parts, when we went to New York, the Lord led us deliberately to go to Stonewall, the place where the modern homosexual movement started. And, and twice we went there and stood in the name of the Lord Jesus that he would begin to overthrow that in our nation. Not to make our nation better again, but that the gospel would prevail where the powers of darkness are hijacking our children and the subsequent generation. We have so little understanding of this in our country, or the few who think they have understanding are completely off base. It's time to be awakened and see what is really going on. This is a a critical thing. I mean, we can play church all we want, and members go from one to another and shift around, and my church grew, and this church grew, while this one shrunk and this one shrunk. But as my brother Lance Lambert said, when the God is moving in the midst of a people, there's some sort of disturbance in hell. And we need to see that. We need to see the kingdom of darkness overthrown. We know it's the last hour. We know our Lord Jesus is coming. We know he's calling many to be saved. We know he's restoring Zion. We know he wants to build this church, though the gates of hell are trying to prevail against it, but they can't. We need to wake up and understand how to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and how to take all the other together, not just singularly, but corporately, and make an impact. This is the most important matter, without question, that we're facing today in the body of Christ. Steve, I have been using this show lately to share ministries like Mission Field USA, A Way Out Ministry, through video, finding ways that we can produce these shorts, 60-second messages. Sometimes when you put these out, you don't know who's going to respond, but they reach a lot of people, and you can reach a lot of people fast Yes. by doing this. And so I'm just starting to discover how to do that. I have a new assistant. She's been helping me know how to organize and orchestrate these shorts yes. so they have an impact on those who see it. And so recently, we did a couple of one on the topic of coexistence. Pastor Bartholomew Orr of Brown Church was my guest. So we took a clip from him. You'll get all kinds of comments. Most of them, <laughs> in some cases, can be pretty crude. You yes. know, yes. Typically, I don't respond. But there was a couple ones recently, they really belittled our Savior. 
And I thought, you know, I want to respond, not in an argumentative way. One of the comments was they thought the black church wasn't teaching empowerment. I thought, well, let me respond to that. So here's what I said. Thanks so much for your comment and for watching this video. Sadly, we become distracted by the color of skin. This is actually linked to a bigger problem for the entire human race. We humans from all nations and pigmented skin varieties are sinfully wicked and in a desperate state in the sight of the sovereign and holy God, whom created the heavens and the earth. Thankfully, out of his mercy and grace, he displayed an unmeasurable amount of love by sending his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to pay the sins of the entire human race, including your sin and my sin. Jesus Christ did for us what we could never do for ourselves. Christ died, was buried, and rose again. Clearly, God's word says the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. His word also states, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. It is not empowerment, but his power that we need through Jesus Christ. I invite you to turn to Christ and trust him completely. All nations and pigmented skin varieties of the human race were created to worship, glorify, and enjoy him forever. And so that is what I put back out. Of course, <laughs> they had another response back. I'm not going to go back in to yep. lay the gospel out as a way to testify. Yes. Allow the Holy Spirit. But, you know, even Paul, you look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul was talking about praying for us because there's some yes. who aren't of the faith. Yes. And so there are those battles that we must encounter and be ready to, when you make a statement for Christ, not everybody's going to say hallelujah. No. The opposition will come. <laughs> uh, craziness will come. People who may be like the Judaizers, legalists will come saying it's Christ plus. You know, so there's all sorts of things that come into play, but your response is perfect. Point them to the message of the cross. That's really the resolution. It's the power of God to salvation. And the, the reality is, the Bible's so clear, in Adam, all die, that's all races, in Adam, die, in Christ, all are made alive. So yeah. there's really two races, Adam and Christ. Come out of Adam and come to Christ through the cross, the only way it can happen. We got to keep trumpeting that because all sorts of things are coming and we're headed towards full-fledged humanism, which will be the final great deception. But we have an answer to that. It always comes back to Jesus Christ and him crucified. You looking back over these past days in the Pacific Northwest, you really saw God work and your men were encouraged. Anything that you had to deal with or well, difficulty? There, there's always some difficulties. Uh, it was really kind. The Lord really did go before us and answer prayers and people were very receptive. There's a brother in Bell Bellingham, Washington, that I was in touch with before we went. He, we were not able to get up there, but he said the sense he's having is that because people in that part of the country have tried everything, they've been postmodern for so long, they've tried everything sexually, sensually, drugs, whatever, to the indulgences, and they're really looking for, and they seem to be that that was the case. There was a hunger for something or even as George Verwer put in that book years ago, hunger for reality. There's that hunger. So we sow seeds some ways like Johnny Appleseed. We're putting them out there. We prayed a lot about our sowing, that it would fall on good soil. And we did see, as I said, some receive Christ. But the bigger thing is just to, to you know, in a world where you're never thinking about the Lord Jesus, at least have something, leave them something in their hand yes. that they can turn to. Is there plans for another excursion soon? 
we've had a number of plans on the docket. We're holding a little bit. I'm supposed to go to Romania later this year, unrelated to Mission Field USA, which to me is just a website, a way to gather people. But we're looking at Connecticut. We've we've considered San Diego. We also have considered, again, back in the greater uh, north of Philadelphia, that part of the country. So we're, we're looking in. We have a lot of plans for next year. We're, this weekend, we're going to go to Oxford, the Oxford Double Decker Bus Arts and Music Festival. A, a Japanese brother in Christ, whom we've got to know, has invited us to come down and do that. We'll do the Memphis Italian Fest. We are going to the Indy 500, and we'll go there one day, distribute tens of thousands of tracks, and then come back. MissionFieldUSA.com is the website, MissionFieldUSA.com, and that is where you can find out the details yeah. about upcoming events, especially those who say, you know, I'm not sure I can travel with a team to one of these cities, but if you've got something happening in Memphis, yes, yes. count me in. Yes. So you said Italian Fest is coming up? Yes. The Memphis Italian Fest, we, we distribute tracks there. The In Oxford, Mississippi, this coming weekend on the 28th, the uh, Double Decker Music and Arts Festival, and uh, those are the local ones. We'll probably do something Cooper Young in September, as we often do. Yep. And sometimes we do some of the football games or other big events. We just, sometimes it's, you know, here the moment we do the at Audubon Park when they have the music events there right you know so a lot of lot of opportunities so the best thing to do is just to keep that website yeah. you know make it a favorite on your web browser <laughs> missionfieldusa.com thank you Friend, let me say this too you might have a condition health-wise that you might not be able to travel or walk very far there's still a place for you in this ministry yes pray 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 yes. pray there's so much prayer that's needed steve yeah, we had one brother who went on one of these trips, and the whole time he stayed in the van and prayed. And that's essential. We all know that, really, evangelism is the fruit, uh, the harvest, the spoil of victories won in prayer. And we're talking about labor, because those trips that you're sometimes out 12 and 14-hour yeah. days, and so that's a long time for somebody to be in a van praying. Yeah. But, what a, what a, <laughs> but seriously, uh, that is where, uh, what, what was it Charles Hadding Spurgeon said that, Really, where the power came was from the boiler room. Yes, where the hundreds were down there praying for yeah. him while he was preaching. It wasn't a real boiler room, but yeah. it was people. <laughs> but the boiler room was the people praying. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, it's always a pleasure, Steve. Thanks so much. Uh, you actually texted me and said, "Hey, when can I come on?" And I said, "Can you be here in thirty minutes?" And you were here in thirty minutes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do the show. But this is so important to to engage our bot radio network friends so that they can know how they can have opportunities to share, proclaim Christ. And you don't have to team up with Mission Field USA. This is one opportunity. Just make sure you are walking in a manner worthy of the gospel and you're sharing the good news of Christ. Yes. yes. Well, again, friend, that website is missionfieldusa.com, missionfieldusa.com. Please go check it out. That's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Mid-South Viewpoint. The show is archived for on-demand listening on our website at botradionetwork.com or via your favorite podcast platform like Spotify and iTunes. Stay tuned to Bot Radio Network to fill your day with God's Word.